the future of photography. Adrian, when is the last time you saw a car ad in a magazine? Oh, um, uh, well, uh, probably quite free, quite recently, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, the the car makers want to sell their cars, and one of the traditional places to advertise is, of course, in magazines. It still is. Um, And the photography for those cars used to be very, very difficult. I mean, you'd have to have like big studios, special lighting rigs, huge softboxes. I've uh, I've seen one of those car photography studios. They have like a, I don't know, a 20-foot softbox, 20-foot wow, yeah. long, five feet wide, hanging off of electrical cranes off of the ceiling. I mean, huge amount of gear and stuff to make the car photography look really awesome. Mm. Um, but that has changed over the years. Now, when you look at car photography, um, most of that is actually rendered. It's artificial. It comes from a computer. And the way, okay. the way they do this is they have like a 3D model of the car. Then they have a light sphere, kind of a artificial light, but it's it's the actual environment Um that the car gets placed in that is also the light and you render it and it's it's very good i mean it, it's hard to tell if that's real or not um if you look at an ikea catalog when's the last time you've seen an ikea catalog <laughs> well that that was a little longer ago <laughs> i'm afraid <laughs> <laughs> but but everyone everyone at least in our age bracket knows the the, the big ikea catalog and oh, of course yeah, you can yeah. you can just go to the website right now and the It's very likely that the first photo you'll see there is artificial. Close to 100% of IKEA's photos are not real. They are from the computer. They have a world-class team of computer artists there. And uh, yeah, you look at those photos and they don't build that, those sets anymore. They make those in the computer. It's just much more control and good enough um, to look real. And uh, tidying up the place is so much easier on a computer. Um, and then, of I course, can, I can imagine. Um, last time I saw a car shoot, right? So just just for a, li a little bit of description, last time I saw a car shoot was probably about three or four years ago. I was at uh, Goodwood, uh, the the famous race circuit mm -hmm. at, at Goodwood in the south of England, and uh, there were some people there getting ready, I think, for an upcoming event. And um, one guy had brought down. Uh, a D-type Jaguar. Mm -hmm. uh, now, these are classic racing car. cars, uh, classic cars. They're racing cars that ran in Le Mans in, I think, the early 60s, possibly the late 50s they first came out. I'm not entirely sure. Um, and now, this particular car had a little bit of race history, um, and it was worth about four million pounds, by the way, as well. But that's another story. <laughs> but there was a guy out there um, trying to take a photograph of it. And it was supposed to be photographed in its environment and the, with, with the pit lane buildings at Goodwood uh, in the background. So it was on the circuit with the pit lane buildings in the background. And for those of you that don't know the circuit, Goodwood is, is kept in a period fashion uh, from what some would call maybe the, the, the high days of motor racing in the 1930s. So that so, would be the perfect place to shoot a D-type Jaguar. 
It, it yeah, it would be absolutely. And so this guy was out there in broad daylight. Luckily, it was an overcast day, but he was out there and he had all of these big, you know, uh, studio strobes on stands, huge battery packs hanging off them. Um, but he, he he was having he must have been having a terrible time because he had, he had a uh, a DSLR. Uh, so there's no way he could, you know, um, control the, the the ambient light. And I think he was hoping, I think he would patch together because he was moving the lights around a bit. So I think he was hoping he could patch together the, the photo in post uh, if he didn't get it uh, oh. all in one go. But it's, it's hard work. So I can understand why, you know, uh, doing this on computer is is an investment that's worth making. It is. And I mean, that might be a special case where it's totally fine because you have this classic environment and making doing that in the computer might not be the right thing. But yeah, it is very, very difficult to do. Um, very, very equipment heavy and uh, doing stuff like that in CGI is so much easier, especially now that it kind of looks real. So um, and and there are a lot of areas where the computer generated imagery kind of has become the norm uh one area where it is still not easy is making pictures of people making people mm. from scratch at least in photos is very hard so um there is uh there's always this competition of who can do it better and how do we do this and uh i came across a new article this is this is where our our little show here is going to sound like an nvidia commercial again because nvidia <laughs> is doing a lot of the computational photography things these days but um trust us we're not affiliated it, but nvidia is at it again they have just released a video uh, titled a style based generator architecture for generative adversarial networks which sounds okay. very, very difficult. Um, and it's pretty much a people generator. Now, I want to take a little detour here to explain what a general adversarial network is, because it is a really interesting concept from machine learning, from artificial intelligence. And I think it's worth kind of understanding what that does. So... Um, you know, we 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 could have we have artificial networks in our environment, in our computers, in our pockets, everywhere, and there are different kinds of uh, artificial networks. One is uh, the so-called classifiers or discriminators. That's the one that recognizes stuff, right? So if you have a a, a handwriting recognizer, that is a discriminator network. And right. there are networks that, that are capable of like, or that are trained to recognize dogs. And the way this works is you show them a lot of dogs and then it learns how to, and, and you tell it, this is a dog. And then you show it, uh, I don't know, a muffin and you tell it, this is not a dog. And then you show it a sausage and you say, it's not a dog. And then you show it a dog again. <laughs> you tell it, this is a dog. So it keeps learning over time. And, and some, you, you might need like, thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of different training cycles for that but then at one point it's becoming pretty good and the the result is in your phone if you type in dog in the search box in your photos it will find dogs that you did not tag as dogs because it's using exactly these kind of discriminator networks so that is the mm -hmm. network one but this is called adversarial networks because there is a second network and that is a generator network 
that's a network that generates, well, initially just generates random stuff, right? Uh, stuff, okay. random stuff comes out. And then that classifier network looks at it and says, let's, let, let's say you want to, you want to build a cat generator. So you have a classifier network that knows cats and you have a generator network that doesn't know what a cat is. So you let that generator network um, throw out a bit of random stuff and the other network says, mm, no, that's not a cat. And it repeats that cycle over and over again and that generator network keeps modifying its output over time. And the goal for both of those networks is to win. The first wants to generate stuff that the second one cannot recognize. So it's trying to outsmart the second one. Mm-hmm. And the second one is trying to say, Nina, Nina, I know what this is. So <laughs> network one will try to make network two fail and vice versa. And both start very simple, but over time, that first network will become better and it will generate more and more things that look like cats. And at the same time, the second network will learn to recognize cats better. And you can repeat this, I mean, at, at neck-breaking speed in the computer. I mean, very, very many cycles in a very short time. And this was a very, a very, very big simplification of this whole uh generative adversar- adversarial network i can't even say it but it is it is pretty much what you see in real life um the, a good example that i've seen is a forger and an investigator like you have someone who forges art and you have an investigator who uh who who tries to tell this is art this is real or this is a picasso and this is a fake picasso right so the forger the the investigator gets better over time to tell if that's a real Picasso or not, and the forger gets better over time to to trip the investigator. So, mm. at, but at one point, once the network is good enough, once that training is good enough for the generator to be able to to generate those cats, um, what what we can do is we can just throw away the classifier because you don't have to tell this is a cat because you know the, the 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 first network knows how to how to make a cat. So uh, the result is a generator that can make a lot of really good cat pictures, right? So this... <laughs> there are enough cat pictures. <laughs> no, there are never enough cat pictures. So, so pretty much this has been going on for a long time. And those pictures have been okay enough, but never really that, that good. But now uh, what is special about what NVIDIA is doing here is... That uh, well, first of all, they have um, they have made this so good that you cannot tell anymore if those are real or not real people, mm. which is amazing. If you look at those photos, there's a, we'll link a video in the show notes that uh, that shows you that thing in action. And what it does is it takes existing people and it extracts uh, styles from them. So you, you have you have. You have influence over the different parameters, like the the gender, the the shape of the face, the the hair style, the and so on and so on. Um, and the results are really good pictures of people that never existed. Now that's not the only thing; that's one part that this thing does. But they also let it; they also fed it with other 
things like cars, for example. So back to the car photography, they mm -hmm. they, they they can generate entirely new cars. Some of them look great. <laughs> Some of them look great. I mean, and you 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 might have like in in the final product. This is just this is just prototyping, right? There's no no product there. But in the final product, you might have a slider that that allows you to like uh, slide in the amount of uh, Porsche Porsche-ness, right? <laughs> I, I want this to be a bit more Porsche and a little less Lada or a uh, bit more well, Volvo, maybe, you know? Yeah, maybe. So interiors, another example that they, that they showed is interiors, like rooms that don't exist with bedspreads that don't exist. And so there is a lot of potential in this. And that kind of brings us to our question and to the title of the show. What does that mean for the future of stock photography? Well, uh, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's not good. <laughs> I, I don't know, but uh, chances are, if you can generate pictures as realistic as that, uh, it. My guess is it might mean that stock photography, at least big parts of stock photography, are on their way out, right? Well, I, I mean, I'm not a stock photographer, um, uh, so it, it's difficult to, for me to, to speak from first-hand experience. But, you know, for, I mean, it, it is something that you hear quite a lot of uh, these days in the world of photography that, you know, the the um, uh, the the devaluation of stock photography, you know, the, because there's so much of it about that and all of these uh all of these uh stock websites and and microstock websites are, are having to compete for you know ever ever harder and then there are uh the occasional uh disruptors um and i guess you know uh, at this point as we record this show um the the site unsplash is definitely uh, a disruptor in this space uh, where it's effectively uh, giving away these kinds of photographs for mm -hmm. free yeah um and, but uh, but but still, you cannot tweak them. I mean, you, you can download them and modify them to your liking. But just imagine you. Let's say you uh, you need portraits for your photos for your stock photos. Um, how about just buying a generator piece of software, some app, or go online to some generating service, tweak some parameters, press a button, and you're done. I mean, that mm. just changes the entire game. Or you need, or you, <laughs> here, here's, a, here's a use case that I find very interesting. Just imagine you're a company that, that produces car tires. And mm. you need to showcase those car tires on cars. But you don't want to favor one maker, car maker over another one. You don't want to use BMWs or VWs, but you want to have like a generic kind of car. So buy a mm. car gen generator, dial in enough portionist to make it look cool <laughs> and uh, there you go that's actually that's a really good point because uh, you um it's like when uh a lot of people when they when they need a photograph of a camera will will blur out the name uh cover up the logo yeah cover up cover up the logo actually you could use one of these to generate a, a completely generic camera. A camera um, generator, that, and it wouldn't be the same generic camera everywhere because it would be like based on your liking, based on the the angle that you would like to see it. Um, think of portraiture. I mean, 
I know travel photographers who travel to different places, all sorts of places in the, on this planet, and portray people there. But then what will happen if you can create as many realistic portraits with as many parameters that you want to do? That I think that would have a big impact on the value of portraiture in the future. I think the value of portraiture, um, unless you need pictures of real people, of course, of specific people, <laughs> you would, there wouldn't be any, any uh, point in generating something and saying that's the president of country XYZ. But if you, <laughs> unless but, you'd also made up the country, which might be fun, <laughs> maybe the country generator. Um, no, but, have you ever seen the film Wag the Dog? Yes, I have. Of course, <laughs> there I you have. Go, then. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the 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 value of some of that stock photography, and I guess a lot of that stock photography is going to plummet. I think that's inevitable. Not sure how quick it will happen, but. I think the the business is going to not go away, but it will likely move towards those who make those generators as opposed to those who make the photos. Do you know, I'm, I'm going to speak up on behalf of real people taking real photographs or making real photographs, I should say, because I think you've you've chosen, in some ways, you've chosen the 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 lame animal at the back of the herd here with stock <laughs> photography right yeah uh, and and yes of course the uh, the the they're, they're going to be easy to pick off you know it's it's uh, a, a part of the photography industry that has already been significantly disrupted right um it's already um been radi radically changed and the value yeah, and devalued considerably um I I'd like to 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 think let's let's think about what happens to the rest of the herd the rest of uh, the rest of the types of photography that that are out there because actually you know what do people take photographs of most of the time most people don't take stock photos most people take uh let, let you know as professional photographers i don't know there are lots of categories you could start with things like weddings um you could start with things like um Uh, you know, sort for specific uh, types of product or service. So, if you're going to have, uh, I don't know, let's say uh, a travel brochure, um, and you, you, you uh, and you're going to be uh, selling your holiday packages on the basis of something different from the others, you're going to want to have real photos you know, of uh, that, that make it different. If you're going to be, let's say, you have a business taking portraits of people. You know, that's that's never going to be computer generated, is it? Um, well, not the portrait itself, because that is of an actual person then. But, of course, what you can do if you throw a lot of the developments together um, is you have depth information and you can take those portraits everywhere now, anywhere you like. The background doesn't matter because you can just swap it out to an artificially generated castle. Okay, hmm? fair point, fair so, point. But let's so, talk about things like documentary photography and uh, press photography. Oh, that won't change in, in uh, the, with, yeah, photojournalism uh, and yeah, think things like that. I think, and and that, and I haven't even mentioned art yet. Photography <laughs> is art, which again might be might be uh, have a foot in both worlds. There might be some artists who are trying to make a statement. Um, you know, if I think about artists that use their work to try and make some kind of social statement, um, 
maybe they would prefer to have um maybe they would prefer to have real photographs that are undoctored in that sense um people like ed batinsky who've done investigations into oil and metal and things like that maybe we um, need better maybe we need better um better machine learning networks better classifier networks to detect if a photo has been generated or not oh wow <laughs> Uh, okay, well, the, the the rabbit hole is very deep on this, um, it, it but is. the future it, of stock photography way. is going to change. I mean, that's I think uh, pretty clear from that. Yes, I think you might be right. I th right. Sadly, I think you might be right because I know that there are people there whose whose income has been you know very negatively affected. Well, if um, if anyone of you out there listening to this um, is in stock photography, makes their living from stock photography, uh, give us a shout. We want to talk to you. This is an interesting thing to talk about. Another thing we want to talk to you about. Well, uh, we want to see from you is our little celebration of all things computational photography uh of course we, we're of course talking about the tfop now how do we call this is this an is this a competition is this no, <laughs> i don't think it, i don't think it, i think celebration is it's a celebration is, is, right is the word in my head celebrate yes having having spoken about how uh, computer for the whole of this show about how computers are undermining photography <laughs> yes Let's let's all undermine <laughs> photography on our smartphones. For the, but but this is the, this for me is it is is at least partially in the art category that I was just talking about. You know, this is, we're, we're, um, let, let's uh, I'm I'm enjoying seeing the stuff that's that's coming out uh, with the TFOP now hashtag, um, and it's giving me ideas of how to to do these things myself as well. So, uh, you know, it, yes, please do post uh, your images, your uh, compute. Oh no, hang on, computational <laughs> images processed images to with, with the hashtag tfop now uh, so that we can pick them up and we can talk about them um, yeah there's some good stuff coming out there put them on twitter put them on instagram even put them on facebook i haven't seen many on facebook just yet but um put them anywhere you like hashtag tfop now tfop now and uh thanks all for participating all right the future for the future of stock photography i'm not going to cut that out uh, is in the can we'll be back in a week talking about hmm cameras okay until then have a good one bye now bye bye you've been listening to the future of photography A production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Hold up. 